about this? These two. These two people. Uh, I am geeking out to the Geeks Unleashed podcast. Mark. Jasmine. What a nerd. Nerd alert. <laughs> Unleashed television. What are you talking about? Anything can be a podcast. Video game. <laughs> what is a geek? Oh, hi, Mark. The whole point is, of course, the plot is. You guys have great conversations. Uh, I am geeking out. Unleashed. Movies. People love movies. All right, you guys, podcast time. You're listening to the Geeks Unleashed podcast. Part of the security badass, we take our passions and our fandoms and we turn them into conversations with you. Hello, welcome to Geeks Unleashed. This is episode 141. I'm Mark. I'm Jasmine. Uh, each week on the Geeks Unleashed podcast, we bring you something from our pop culture lives as well as a review of something f- adapted from the comic book or gaming world. Yep. And before we get started, if you're watching on YouTube, thank you so much. We appreciate that. We'd also love it if you would like this video and subscribe to our channel. And if you're listening on your favorite podcast platform, we appreciate that as well. We'd also love it if you leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. Also, please feel free to donate to our Ko-Fi. Be much appreciated. So um, jumping straight into Geek of the Week, uh, I'll let Jasmine go first. So my Geek of the Week is, uh, it's I've it, bit stressed bit, a, a, a tiny bit, like a tiny teensy bit stressed uh, this week. And I found this anime. It is the cutest, most like brainless thing. It is called My New Boss is Goofy. <laughs> and it's about this like salary man who worked at this horrible company. His boss was abusive and the abuse was so bad that this man like developed ulcers and an anxiety disorder. He finally got the courage to quit that job, got a new job. And his new boss is just like the sweetest person on the planet, but also like very aloof and just kind of, I don't know, like he always finds himself in these situations, like funny situations. Uh, So it is very light humor. It is very fun and fluffy and it is like the perfect thing that i have needed this week like at the end of the day to unwind before bed so i highly recommend it it's on crunchyroll um i have not heard of it but i think it's a great name my new boss is goofy (laughs) Uh, i wonder if disney have heard of this yeah (laughs) seriously they're gonna come Uh, in and steal it it's only four episodes so far uh but uh it's seriously like just set your brain to the side and just enjoy it for what it is it is very silly um i don't have a geek of the week per se or one thing um i know we did say we weren't going to cover news and stuff but i kind of just incorporate this into news plus geek of the week because i've actually off the back of this watched uh something that i'd never watched before uh so last weekend after we'd recorded our last episode, it was the following day, uh, I was just about to go to bed when I heard the news that uh, Matthew Perry had passed away at the age of 54. And um, That's not that far from where we are, man. I know. That's, that's that, always that... what like scares me the most is when they when they die young and you're just like, damn, that's... Oh, that's, that's I can slight... I can see that like on the horizon, you know, like that's not so far away from me. That's scary. Slight... Yeah, it's well yeah i'm 42 so um yeah that was a thing so the age was a thing and and clearly and i and i like the weird weird thing is this week i've kind of read more about him than i than i than i had previously ever read about him and uh, uh so obviously i've heard things about his alcoholism and stuff like that but you know um but one one thing really stood out to me was a comment that he made that when he dies he doesn't want to just be known as the guy from Friends. Mm-hmm. 
and there's other things he's done like i know he's done a lot for rehabilitation for other people that have suffered with alcoholism uh which i didn't know uh, and i've heard i've heard that they're um trying to do more with that uh and i've gone back and i've re i really watched an episode um uh with mr heckles when mr heckles dies in the apart apartment and i rewatched that actually last night and yeah. I also watched the first episode of a show I've never watched before called The Odd Couple, which is a comedy that uh, lasted three seasons. Um, have you heard of The Odd Couple? Yeah. Um, so I know it's based off of um, a comedy from the 60s or 70s that went on for five seasons. But I wanted to say The Odd Couple, whilst it's comedy, you could definitely see the difference in his approach and the character was clearly very different to his well-known Chandler Bing. Uh, Friends is like comfort food, I think um we tend to have it on repeat quite a lot in this house mm -hmm. uh in my house and i think there's a lot of households i know that literally have it on repeat and it's quite weird this week other than mr heckles episode we haven't put friends on at all this week mm -hmm. so it I've, I've, up and literally up until probably the day before friends would always be on and even my kids love it um and yeah so i just wanted to shout it out really um actually you can watch anything that he's in and I, i've seen other things that he's in like the whole nine yards and i've seen um sunset 60 uh that he did and i would say with him anything you watch with him in is enjoyable and um and actually quite nice things to watch they're not they're not offensive he doesn't do anything gory or anything like that mm -hmm. um and i've read like a lot of positive um articles about him in general i've never seen the west wing but uh, i read that he did four episodes in the west wing and was really well thought of in terms of his sort of drama mm -hmm. but that that mr heckles episode really did show his range as a as an actor i felt from actual the comedy parts that he put in there to actually the quite serious and somber part where that 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 moment where he closed the door and was like mr heckles will try and keep it down and close the door and mm -hmm. And, it, uh, and I'd heard a lot of comparisons about that particular episode with with Matthew Perry himself because obviously he never never got married or had children and you could see there was a lot of similarities between what could have been for I guess Chandler Bing and and Mr Heckles to what actually did happen with Matthew Perry and it kind of just made me feel a bit sadder for him as a person and I I just you know I hope I hope they obviously seems like he'd got himself in a good place at least before for the last few years from what I've heard. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I hope now where he is now, he's found that peace. And, but yeah, just to come back to the content I've been watching, I, I, I actually really enjoyed the pilot of the odd couple. And I thought it was actually quite funny. Um, and even people like Wendell Pierce, who I think is hilarious, even when he's doing dra drama stuff, mm -hmm. um, I don't know if you've seen Jack Ryan with Wendell Pierce. He was brilliant. And I, I thought the old couple started really well. And I feel disappointed in myself that I never supported it when it was on at the time. Mm -hmm. um, I, I I feel like I will probably carry on um, watching it. So, yeah. But yeah, it was kind of, I felt like it was a difficult week in a way. Uh, yeah. We also lost uh, Richard Mull this, uh, this, this week as well. He was on Night Court. He played Bull, which was one of my favorite characters on Night Court. Um, and he's also like uh, the voice of Harvey Two-Face in Batman the Animated Series. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
Did you? I mean, I know you didn't really watch Friends um, at all. But, so my oh, roommate uh, in college was obsessed with Friends, and yeah. she's the one that got me into it. And Chandler was actually my favorite character on on Friends. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it's a bummer. It's, yeah. it's a bummer. I feel like the character of Chandler Bing is probably the most relatable. Yeah. Because um, he he he's just an, the ordinary man, isn't he? He's not, mm-hmm. you know, he wasn't. I mean, he was probably on good money because they always said that, but he was just the office worker, which mm-hmm. there's a lot of us are just the office workers, aren't we? And and um and he wasn't particularly good with women and you know, like he was just just a normal guy. And I think that's why I said he kind of not to say that I, you know, you you always pick a character you relate to most in friends and and um him or Ross are probably the two that I have the most in common with Ross for his geekiness, but Chandler for his every man thing, which is probably what I am. So, but yeah, anyway, um, we'll, we'll leave it there, but yeah, just, yeah, I don't know. It was just, I just felt like I really wanted to mention it. So yeah, it's a bummer. Uh, I know, I know, I know. And like you just said though, when they die and they're not much older than you, that's uh it hits different <laughs> yeah yeah it's a weird thing so i yeah. remember watching watching friends when i was 14 or 15 and yeah and so i think he did it started it when he was 24 or 25 so mm-hmm. that's what's crazy i think yeah. really so i remember when chad mcboseman passed and it was just like oh my god oh yeah 38 no, no. like 38 that is that is oh yeah it's it's tough it's tough i don't know i, I feel know. like the older we get as nerds it's like that when people that are close enough in age pass, it's just kind of like, well, damn, (laughs) I don't know. Like I didn't feel this way when I was a kid. Like if I, when I was much younger and like a young person died, it didn't affect me the way that it does now. If someone passes away and they're close in age to me, I'm just like, am I living my life the way that I want to live my life? Like it starts making me question like everything, you know? Yeah. uh, Yeah. Yeah. I think definitely before the age of 18, Mm -hmm. Or even twenty, when you heard about someone dying, it was like fifty or sixty. You're like, "Wow, that's ages away." Yeah. Now I'm like, oh, "That's yeah. not ages away." Yeah. <laughs> that's not. That's not that far away. Right. I know. Right. Look, I know. One day I'm going to go, which is horrible to say, but uh, it's I a want, circle of life. We learned that in the Lion King. I want to get to a hundred. So. Uh, I don't know. I mean, that depends. Like, I, I'm, I, I want to continue to have excellent quality of life like i don't want to yeah. be 100 in a hospital with oh no I don't wires and all of that stuff. like i don't want that I don't no want no no i don't want that i don't want that i want to be yeah. i want to be 100 still... and still playing video games <laughs> I, I want to be 100 and still doing the podcast so. yeah. <laughs> episode 9338 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to re- rename it, it won't be geeks unleashed we'll be like old oh, timers unleashed yeah. or <laughs> Although oh, that'd be so weird. That'd be so weird if we oh, were like wow. literally going at a hundred. I'd be like, Jasmine, who let me would just put my still teeth. listen? Who would still let listen? Me just, let me just put my teeth in. Like, oh, now, um, now, wait a minute. Putting now with all of the dental work that I had done a couple of years ago, like I definitely was that person. I was like, wait, let me put my teeth in before I pick up the phone. So <laughs> I have been there. It's not fun. <laughs> um, but no, um, I just want my letter from the king. Anyway, so. <laughs> I don't know if you know that, but at 100, no. people get a letter from the... Well, it was the Queen, but the King now, so... Oh, man. Uh, you get a letter from the King, so... I hope you get the uh, letter, man. Yeah. Well, it won't be him. It'll be William by then. So. Yeah, or... Yeah. Well, actually, it might not even be William, because William's about the same age as me, so he he might be struggling, so... Yeah. 
You never could know. Could be one of it. Could be one of his sons. So. Mm-hmm. Although I'm sure, I'm sure they all live way past. Yeah, the Queen's probably alive somewhere. They probably it's probably a secret. Yeah, <laughs> they were like, okay, <laughs> you you've earned the right to retire, but the, like the only way we can retire you is to fake your death. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, jokes aside. Um, actually, yeah, she probably met up with uh, the House of Cthulhu. Oh, so, uh... wouldn't be surprised <laughs> at all. Right. Okay. With that segue lined up. It's time for part two. Uh, we've never done a real, well, never done a kind of part two. We've normally just done TV series in one episode. But yeah. Um, anyway, this is part two of Blade the series from 2006. We're kind of cover episodes seven to 12. When I say cover them, we're not going to cover them in detail in every episode, but no. <clears throat> our general thoughts. So um, you can listen to last week's episodes where we covered episodes one to six. Mm-hmm. And we give uh, we'll give a in the last episode we gave a bigger rundown of all the characters and uh, and our line up from the movies to that to, to the series so you can go back and listen to that we won't do that again yeah so this show save you the trouble this one will be yeah. a little bit shorter but uh we're just going to get to the meat and potatoes this time uh this is developed by david s goya network spike tv studios are warner brothers new line cinema marvel phantom four films based on characters from marvel comics Mm-hmm. stars all the same people kirk sticky fingers jones jill wagner nelson lee jessica gower and neil jackson um first appearances are blade tomb of dracula uh issue 10 from july 1973 created by marv wolfman and gene colon uh mm-hmm. released on the episode one was released on the 28th of june 2006 it ran to the 13th of September 2006. Running time of each episode was around 46 minutes. Yeah. And so we don't really have any fun facts. We did cover fun facts in the previous episode, but this time we have fun rumors. So one of the rumors uh, around this, it was everyone was a little bit surprised when this series was canceled. Um, and even Jill Wagner, actually, she tweeted that the series was not going to get a second season before Spike TV confirmed that it was not going to get a second season. Um, But after a while, there was like a petition rumored. We can't find the actual petition, but there's plenty of chatter online uh, about a petition for people that were like, bring the show back, (laughs) starting a change.org petition because they wanted them to bring uh, Blade the series back. And there had also been rumors a few years after the first season that they were going to continue the story, but they were going to do it in like that straight to DVD format. Um, like a DVD never... movie or DVD right, movie, I think. Right. Yeah, yeah. But that didn't happen either. So we were left with what I thought was a pretty big cliffhanger at the end of the <laughs> yeah. first season of this series. Um, I also, sorry, I forgot to put down as well. Uh, there was another... You know, we talked about, well, we have talked about casting choices, mm-hmm. um, Sticky Fingers. Apparently the name, and when I tell you this, I reckon you're going to have preferred this, there was a name going around potentially instead of to Sticky Fingers. Uh, and even during the first season, people were still talking about it, saying they wish this person had been played. Uh-huh. Uh, My- Michael J. White. Michael J. White. He could have been a really good Blade. But you he know what? He would have been a really, really good blade yeah i do love him and he's got the martial arts skills so that's like that's already a a very a whole bunch of steps above but when i was watching the first season i thought to myself by like the second or third episode i was like you know who would have been really good as a blade would have been bokeem woodbine and sure enough like he showed up in the series as one of the one of the brothers like by episode four 
And I was just like, what are the chances? Because, like, again, I never watched a series when it first came out. But, like, I just love Bokey Woodbine. Like, he was he was always one of my favorite kind of, like, bit actors that was... He's he's one of those faces where it's like, oh, I know that guy. Like, but then you can't name a movie that he was in, but you know, like, know his face. Um, and so when he actually popped up in the series as a vampire, I was like, Bokey Woodbine could have been Blade. Like, we could we could have had a much better, like, actor as Blade. But, you know, I... Yeah, I... Uh... Before we move on, actually, I will say there was a lot of conversations when I was doing some of this research on those rumours and stuff that put together. Um, <laughs> There's quite a few comments around how <laughs> this should have been called Krista the Series. Yeah, um, for real. Uh, like, for real. And, and also, how is it you've got a show where all the supporting cast is much better than the lead character? There was, these are other people's comments, by the way. Yeah. Uh, and there was a lot of that talk when I was I said the same thing. Rumors. Last, uh, last yeah. episode, I said the same thing. I said, Shin is holding it down. Because, like, yeah. I don't know. But I didn't think Krista was that great. So, like, between Blade and Krista, I was like, Shin and Marcus are the two that are, like, outshining everyone in the series. So, um, but anyway, we'll, we'll come to characters in a second anyway imdb summarized this as the adventures of the half human slash vampire hunter so this series is essentially a continuation of the cinematic universe it was the the trilogy that we saw whilst there were a few kind of changes mm-hmm. uh, especially that we saw in the second half around the whistler episode there were some tweaks so they retconned that origin that we got in the right. first movie of how Whistler met Blade. But other than that, it's fairly, fairly continuous yeah. and it, it, it does very much feel like it's the movies. Um, anyway, I just wanted to ask you a question. Do you feel this carves uh, out its own little world and from? I think it did. I, mm. I think it took some time. I think it, I think at the very beginning they did well, like it was, it was a smooth transition from the films to this series other than getting used to like the mannerisms that are so different outside of that the continue the continuity of like the story of the characters of the even the weapons all of that was great so at the very beginning to me it felt very much like it was part of that blade world but as as i kept watching like the later and later episodes really just i stopped thinking about the movies and i stopped thinking about wesley snipes and then I was just in this version of Blade. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not really sure if that was a great way to do it because, like, you kind of want to capture your audience way before you get to, like, episode seven, eight, nine. You know what I mean? But, like, I, by the end, I felt like I was watching this TV series and I was no longer comparing it to the films, which uh, to me is is a good thing. Because then I could just take it at face value and instead of comparing it to the other three films. So do you know what? The next thing I'm going to say, when I was doing the, reading a lot of other people's comments online and how I found out <clears> some <throat> of those rumours, there, there was a few comments that said the same thing that I'm about to say. A lot of people felt that as of episode six, this season really shifted. Yeah. And I'm, in, I'm actually quite pleased that we split this into two episodes because the first We're smarter episodes, than we look. <laughs> <laughs> it was a plan but the first six episodes i would say the first five were okay like yeah. they were okay there's nothing wrong with them they're okay yeah and then episode six we said last episode really yep. shifted and changed i was like oh, it caught our interest right and then seven to 12 i i was much more invested in right. this and i could see 
a huge potential in this as an ongoing four, five, six season show. Yeah. Um, because they started to introduce sort of bottle episodes whilst they kept the, the longer narrative in. So there was an episode where mainly Shen was kind of the driver of one episode with a missing girl mm-hmm. with a with a crazy serial killer vampire that showed up every 19 years or whatever yeah. and i thought this is like x-files this is like yeah that, so that was definitely a filler episode it was a filler episode but i liked it though because one it was shen that got the lead in that episode but also i thought you've taken the ideas of well you've got the vampire thing but you've kind of introduced what what's more what feels like an x-files episode to me yeah because i've seen that there was episodes like this um crap i can't remember there was an episode um there's two or three episodes into the x-files where the guy who could stretch and go really thin through like letterboxes and stuff like that and he and this person showed up every 20 25 years or whatever and um i can't remember what he used to do like eat people's organs or something or other and um i can't remember i make it probably making that up. but i do remember i do remember that he showed up every like 20 years or whatever and i just thought that's what it made me think of the x-files and i thought this makes me now see potential in this as a much more ongoing show right. that, it felt very supernatural to me you say x-files it was very supernatural yeah. to me where you actually are taking like now you just like incorporated serial killer lore into the yeah. vampire world and it's like that makes perfect sense like vampires would be the perfect serial killers you know what i mean oh yeah 100 like, yeah. percent. um and even um um oh, what's this? Uh, marcus van skyver has alluded many times to outliers in the vampire community they don't all belong to these houses however many houses right. there are right uh so i saw there's so much potential and and yeah i really enjoyed the second half of the of season one so yeah, we got quite a few flashback episodes mm-hmm. with Marcus's origin, which I, I love that origin. Yeah. And that that for me was a real pivotal episode because that changed the relationship completely between Krista and Marcus. Mm-hmm. So before Krista was definitely Team Blade. And then you could see that episode shifted mm-hmm. and she could actually see the drive why Marcus wanted to wipe out all the pure bloods. Cause mm-hmm. actually he didn't ever want to be a vampire. He just yeah. wanted to run a business with his wife and and actually now to find out that she was murdered by one of these purebloods. And that to make didn't even worse, remember. Yeah, I was about to say that. To make yeah. things worse, he didn't even remember him. No. Or, like, all this time he's been dealing with her and he's forgotten who he was. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, so that, that episode, and then there was the flashback episode where we got to see a little bit more of Blade as a child. And they obviously, I said earlier, they retconned the whole Whistler origin, which was fine. I, I'm, I'm not bothered necessarily that they did that. But... Um, I thought those were great as well and eventually built up to our final moment. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I mean, what, what did you think overall of the sort of the second half of season one? I think it, I feel the same. It was much easier to get through. I, Cause I really like, it was so hard to just have a hard stop at episode six because I didn't want to, I didn't want to watch ahead since, that's what the previous episode was, just one through six. But like six was so good that it took everything in me to not just like keep going. And so yeah. finally, when I finally started episode seven, I watched all of them in one day. Is that is that because like I know we talk outside the podcast. I know that you're very busy. And so that's probably a reason. But was it also because you actually were like, a lot more invested no and... i was definitely more invested because like if i was not invested it would have taken me six days to watch 
those six just episodes. on an episode of day yes okay. because it would have been like an obligation and at that point it would have just been like oh i have to watch this episode so i'll watch it while i'm doing xyz you know but like i was just so invested after episode six because at that point they they had introduced the pregnant girl and then it turns out she wasn't actually carrying a baby it was like fluid and then it was just kind of like you're not doing what i thought you were doing so now i'm trying to figure out what you're doing you know what i mean and so i think like they did such a good job of building and building the back half of the season um and all those episodes just kind of like flew by nothing except for the the shin episode to me it it felt like i could have done without it i do like shin but like i could have done without that episode but that episode was the only one that felt like it did nothing to progress the story it didn't do anything to progress the story, but I liked it because it got to show some Shen. character development. Oh, yeah. yeah, some character for Shen, and and yeah. also just got to give Shen his own episode. So yeah. that he wasn't just a sidekick. Actually, yeah, I he, get he's why got they quite, did it. He's got quite big arms, you know. Like, yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> definitely. I thought, I thought I need to to uh, <laughs> catch to up with gym. that guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that made me think I need to hurry up, I, uh, or hurry up, or just start. <sighs> uh, so, but no, I. That that for me really pushed forward my interest in him as a character. Yeah. So um probably a good segue here into talking about characters. So last week we broke down individual characters and our thoughts on all of those as individuals. I just thought this week we're just gonna summarize it. Who who is your player of the match? Who is your who is your favorite character of the season and the uh, show, really? Of the whole season honestly i'm gonna have to give it to marcus i i love shin i i did i thought he was really great but like marcus gets the edge like by a millimeter like they were neck and neck for me um Mm -hmm. but again for those who are regular listeners i am a villain girly like i love the villains i love to root for the bad guy Mm -hmm. and Marcus was the perfect kind of villain that makes it easy to root for him. Um, so I just, I enjoyed the intensity that he brought to an otherwise like lackluster cast. Like sometimes it seems like for these like B-level productions, a lot of times people are just phoning it in, but he definitely seemed like he was giving it as much effort as he could. Like he was, he was putting his all into it. And you can really, you can really tell that like I can, it just he elevated the series to me. Like, oh, if, I agree. With you, if yeah. the villain had been anything less than what he was, then this would have been like a C level production. But instead, we were able to keep it at a B. <laughs> they were able to keep it at a B level. What I liked because he with his flashback episode previous to that, it was like he's the villain, mm-hmm. but it shifted a bit with the whole flashback because you then could get on board with what he's trying to do. You can understand his motivations. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like Deacon Frost who. I just want to be a bigger bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> Deacon Frost was just like, I just want more power. And there's yeah, no yeah, real yeah. explanation behind it. Right. But this guy, but Marcus was, I don't know. Sort I, of like really, vengeance. Yeah, vengeance for the fact that he had his happy lot. He had his happy ending taken mm-hmm. away from him. So he's like, I'm going to take your happy ending away. So, yeah. Um, so I kind of can see that and his motivations. And I think yeah. um the acting was done so well. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed what he did with the character. And I, mm-hmm. I, I, so, oh, that was it. Sorry, what I was thinking of. I liked what Blade said about him. His, 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 what his goals align with my goals. Right. The uh, enemy is as, my enemy is my friend. 
And as a viewer, I, I was behind his yeah. goals. It was like, well, That's he's the thing. Wipe- he made sense. He made yeah. sense. Once, once you saw his backstory, like everything that he was doing made sense. And then, of course, every pureblood that you came into contact with in the series was a complete asshole. So it was <laughs> like, I can definitely see why you would want to get rid of them because they're all like on this ridiculous high horse. Every single one of them was. I don't, I don't normally ask this, but who is your least favorite? least favorite character you know it almost pains me to say it but chase (laughs) i just now she did surprise me because i did not expect i never expected her to turn on marcus uh but like for someone who was like so dead set on being like his right hand man she just she wasn't ruthless enough to me like she her level of i don't know ruthlessness did not match his level of ruthlessness um and so like it just she irked me because like i wanted her to do more and it was just like she just didn't and then by the time we got to the end she was a turncoat and i was just like all that all that groundwork that they laid and like this is the ending that we get for this character it just it was just kind of a womp womp kind of thing for me because yeah. I really had high hopes for Chase. I think with Chase, uh, she was probably my least favorite as well. Oh, she was my least favorite. But I would say least favorite because I feel she was very one note. There was no, we didn't get any characterization from her. They didn't, we didn't get to find out anything about her, how she got turned or any backstory at all. And then, like you say, she'd been consistent throughout the whole season. She was a Marcus through and through she was Marcus right. fan through and through then suddenly two seconds before the end actually Marcus yeah knife, I was just knife, like knife you've got to be kidding me like this it's just I don't know that whole thing felt so off now I always you could always see the confrontation between her and Krista like that was always mm-hmm. going to happen but her turning and taking Charlotte's side that is absolutely not something that seemed like her character would have done it to me mm-hmm. like the whole thing with her at the end being a traitor was just so out of character so completely out of character so my favorite character was shen mm-hmm. and for me he really he came into his own definitely in the back half of season one yeah uh, and i think the bottle episode for me really stood out but that final episode where he managed to i know krista helped him by giving him the blade mm-hmm. but how he stood up on his own he set up the trap with the vampire killed the vampire i know he I know he couldn't handle himself one-to-one in the fight, but he had it set up that he was able to open the shutters. And mm-hmm. um, I did think he could have ended that a little bit sooner. Yeah, you uh, could have just opened the shutters when the dude walked in, but, you know, hey. <laughs> I, I actually thought he could have even saved himself that, put the mm-hmm. note under the door, and as the guy bent down, just sawed through the door. Yeah, uh, you could have. Just, I, li- I literally was expecting the sword to come through, like scream through the yeah. door, but anyway... However, I loved the action that he got. Mm-hmm. And and even when he ran at the end and he was firing shots at Krista. And I think he's the guy, uh, the, the voice of reason. Even he was saying at the very end, no, Krista's done. She, you know, yeah. She's with Marcus now. And Blade's like, no, 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 no. Marcus is up the food chain. Krista's going with uh, him. And um, I'm like, mm. you can see what's happening. She, the minute it's, it's they like, slept together, that whole like, I'm working Dynamic. for Blade, kind of was just like, uh, maybe I'm not. 
I think I think her loyalties are divided, but I mm. would say now it's more like seventy percent Marcus, thirty percent Blade now, yeah. where it was probably the other way, and yeah. it's shifting. So well, but also like now her not having any family at all, like she literally has nothing to mm-hmm. hold her back anymore. So I don't know. To me, to me, it seems like she was definitely going to be like Team Marcus. Mm-hmm. So we kind of talked a little bit as we've been going, but through through episode seven to twelve, is there any favorite or standout moments for you? Um. We've said a few bits already, to be honest. So, I liked the episode with this was the second to last, I think, where the FBI agent was like, "Yeah, no, I'm coming with you." And then, like, he got tripped up by Charlotte, and I was like, "No, don't listen to her. Like, she's the worst." Uh, so I was bummed that he didn't make it, but uh, I like that he was just kind of like this straight laced FBI guy. But like his curiosity would not let him give up on this case. And he was very much like, look, I found out that my boss was working for the vampires, you know, two weeks ago, I didn't even flipping know vampires existed. And now he's just like, I'm all in. Like, what else you got? I mean, I'm just, I'm going to do this. I'm going to see this through to the end. So I no, like. Thanks for, yeah, I was going to say, thanks for reminding me about that episode. Because mm-hmm. I've I, I referred to that bottle episode with Shen a few times, but that episode where Marcus, t- Marcus, where Blade, teamed up with that fbi agent whose name i've forgotten yeah uh, where they went to that town to find collins. charlotte collins that's it yeah yeah so he, blade didn't really want to take him in Mm-mm. but then when he started saying things about how he could find the plane and mm-hmm. and all the rest of it he, he did become part of the team and i thought i, I didn't remember because I, like i said i saw this when it came out and i didn't mm-hmm. rem- i don't remember any of it so i didn't remember that he was going to die so when he went off on that episode with blade I thought I like this. I like yeah. the fact that Blade's teaming up with somebody else. Right. It's not Chen. It <clears> is um, sorry, Chen. Uh, it, it's actually this FBI guy who we've yeah. been seeing in the background throughout the whole of the season. It's been it's been a sort of a bit part, which is all kind of built up to this episode. Right. And then he got killed off. So I was I know. like, I know. So you're you're invested in him because he's been yeah. throughout the season. So yep. it was it was a, it was good. To be honest with you, it was. It, it was, was a, a good brave episode. move. Yeah, it was a good move. It was a good move. Sorry, it was a good episode and a brave yeah. move by the creators to have you become invested in this FBI guy, right? And then to kill him off. So yeah. I was because they couldn't kill by... off the main characters, right? So like, well, no. they had to do they had to do something. And like at the very beginning, there was one of the earlier episodes. Charlotte had not Charlotte. Um, Chase had mentioned all the different houses, and she said something about the house of Lycan. And I was like, oh man, they got werewolves too. And so like when they first introduced Collins. I thought like he's a lichen. He has to be like that's the only reason that he would be this interested in this case because he can see the vampire signs and you know and he's like a lichen keeping to and so that was completely wrong. I was way off on that. But like I know when they said for uh, House of Lichen, I thought, yeah. damn, they they ripped off Underworld. Oh, <laughs> I think that's the only franchise that's ever referred to them as lichens. I believe. Like, I don't think. Uh. Well, like. I'm pretty sure in the original Dracula they mentioned something about lycanthropy. Do they? Okay. Oh, maybe. Okay. Yeah. But I did, but at the time though, Underworld was huge. So when they yeah. said House of that was that had to be a way of, that that had to be like even a nod just to get people interested. I don't know, but yeah. they would have known that people would have associated that with right. Underworld. And so. I think if they had a second season, we actually would have seen werewolves. I think they would have brought more creatures in mm-hmm. by the second season. So actually, it's a nice way of jumping in, saying, 
does this make you wish there was a second season? But also, what would your hopes or expectations? So let's let's actually talk about that cliffhanger um, and the last ten minutes where the elders or the the elder vampires are all killed off by, mm, by the secret blade. weapon. Mm-hmm. Well, well, what blade? But using the stuff that Marcus right. created. So. Right. So again, Blade and Marcus's uh, goals were aligned for mm-hmm. a few moments before then the big battle between Marcus and Blade kicks off mm-hmm. and Krista and, um, um, damn it, I've forgotten the blonde girl's name. What's her name? Chase. Uh, Chase. So they all end up having a fight. Chase falls down uh, 20 flights of stairs. Clearly she's alive. She's yeah, she didn't turn to ash. So like yeah. that was I, I, not... That was- that was clearly deliberate as a way yeah. of ending the ending the fight yeah. for this for this season, but she'll clearly come back in the second season. So yeah. um, then Krista runs back. Unfortunately, she saves Marcus. Marcus and then Ch- uh, Krista disappear through a window, and then that's sort of the end. That's the last you see of Blade and mm-hmm. Shen. Like Shen, Shen sort of tells Blade off, saying Krista's gone. But Blade's like, no, no, no. This is this is great for us. Mm. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure where, but then. Krista and Marcus are at some house and they're talking, talking, and I can see exactly where this is going. No, they're not at Krista... a house. They're at the hideout where the yeah, yeah, hideout. Sorry. Yeah. Um, sorry. Um, yeah, sorry. Sorry, I meant to. But then you could see where the conversation's going and she's all nodding away, looking really clueless. And I was yeah. like, can you not see this? He's about to turn a switch off on you. All and, right. Uh, uh, and then he does suddenly switch up on you and go on her and goes, How long have you been working for Blade? Then that's it. The show that's ends. I'm like, end. no. That's the I'm end. Like, oh. I was like, what an annoying cliffhanger. Like, yeah. Now that was a uh, really, really good cliffhanger. Like, yeah. because I think no one would have cared if we didn't carry over that Marcus found out. Like, if Marcus had not found out about Krista and Blade, then mm. this the end of season one would have just been like like oh well no one cares but the fact that he knew and the fact that he had krista cornered it was just kind of like oh so did did this first season make me wish there had been a second season yes yes because i want to know i want to know if marcus likes krista as much as it seems like he likes krista and if he is willing to forgive her working for blade and if krista likes marcus enough to actually finally play both sides instead of playing one side. So like, would it, we get a second season where Krista kind of turns into a villain? Like, I don't know. It left a lot of questions. I thought it was a really good cliffhanger. I would imagine you'd spend, I think what would happen is that Krista would somehow bring Marcus around the whole, please forgive me. I did start with Blade because of my brother, but actually Marcus, I realized I love you. And she'd, Marcus seems to be very much caught up in her. Um, mm-hmm. So I think he would fall for whatever story she span. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, that's how I believe it. But then I think she would then probably believe into her, start to believe her own lies for him. Mm-hmm. And then you would see, I would imagine during a season two, a very conflicted Krista that would probably start to move more into villain territory. Yeah, that's that's uh, what I think too. Uh, because she would have to really show Marcus that she's with him. But then by doing that, she would, you know, you know, like they say, the further you go towards yep. you know, the wrong thing. Yeah. You know, the harder you know, and harder you, it is. The, the, well, well, you know, look at Breaking Bad and all the but other But then how do you start keep, like, would you, she really be able to keep all of her lies straight? 
because she's yeah. a ter- she's terrible at like playing the <laughs> game. Like she yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh. Terrible. Uh, and um but I like the character of Krista, but I think that you'd see a conflicted Krista. Mm-hmm. Now, what, what I would be annoyed about is if they made Marcus the main villain of season two. I would like to think that Marcus's role would be reduced during season two and from potentially a new house to come in or maybe some more mythology because they, they, they highlighted Mark Spector in season one in the first in the pilot. It would have been cool to have seen other things, you know, what other monsters of the night or right. other villainry. Right. As we've had, you know, like Werewolf by Night, for instance, could mm-hmm. could New Line have approached Marvel and said, look, actually, can we can we buy some other characters to, mm-hmm. to stick in this show? Because we don't just want it to be vampires. I I I think they probably would have gone with Marcus being the main villain again, but I hate but it. But they, they left a whole bunch of danglers. It. They left Chase as a dangler. Boone, mm. no one ever actually killed Boone. So Boone is still out there. Like Boone and Chase could hook up together with some random other house that is ambitious and now you've got like this whole other like power struggle happening in the second season and um and i said to this to you actually off air when we recorded last week's episode i forgot to mention and they did talk about it briefly in the final episode was the whole network that blade and shen are, are, right. are tied into that and i would like to have seen more exploration of the network like right. so we said I said this about I said this off air to you, but about episode six where he's at the airport and passed mm-hmm. uh, the bag by those people and told have a good good holiday or whatever. And I would like to have seen more explanation exploration of all of that stuff as well. So there's there's a, so much more that could have been done. Yes, in all honesty, I re- honestly if they'd have committed, well, they should have put it on another network. If show Showtime should have just sucked it up, put Michael J White in. That's what I would have done. Uh, I, I other to be honest with you, the supporting characters, while not all of them are, are massively strong, I was actually okay with all of them. I just think Sticky Fingers should have been recast. So, um, but yes, I I honestly would love to have seen a second season. I, in fact, I would have loved to have seen up to season five. Um, oh, I think um, five se- five um, seasons. I'm not committing four. to five. I would have liked four. to have seen a second season. I'm not committing to five. Yeah, four or five seasons. Really get into the mythology of of yeah. all and and yeah, but. Sticky Fingers wasn't strong enough for me, <laughs> but he did grow into the role. He did. And, he and did. as we moved further away from Blade Trinity, I came round to him. Yes. And I think you, you said before about the banter between him and Shen. Yeah. There was a lot more of that in the second part of season yeah. one. So, right. How I'd like to know what would you rate season one? Why well, the only season? Um, three. It's, it's very middling. I give it a three. I think when I watched this originally, when it came out in 2006, I, I was all in. I loved it. I remember like really blowing the trumpet everywhere. So I was I was all all for this. I remember telling people about it. Like I was so like, this is amazing. I probably back then was a five. Yeah. Um, Because it was just so. And back then, if you think it was just, yeah, we, we were not far off Buffy. We were. Yeah. We were we were twilight. Twilight was on the horizon. We were yeah. underworld city. It was we were all up in the vampire lore back then. Yeah. And so when this came out, it was just like amazing, amazing. Yeah, I I I, I would say I'm going to give this a four. To be honest, okay. yeah, I I I actually really enjoyed rewatching this, and I I'm so disappointed that there's no second season. To be honest, yeah, so. I'm a little. I thought that it took them a while to 
find their groove. And when they did, it it worked really well. Mm-hmm. I would have loved a second season because that cliffhanger was just like, oh, oh, what do we get next? What happens? Uh, the one next? thing I one, one thing I'd say <clears throat> is when that cliffhanger happened, before we move on or before we end, I actually felt a moment of sadness thinking, this is it. This yeah. is like, because we watched those three Blade films and this, and I was like, this this Blade world has taken up my life for the last five weeks. I was like, <laughs> it's gone. It's gone now. It's over. And you also can just, always revisit it, Mark. I know, I know, I know. I can revisit <laughs> it. But, but when you get sucked up into a world, especially like that, yeah. it, it, it became more complex as it went on, and I've started oh, yeah. to stop getting to it. So um, anyway, four out of five for me, uh, three out of five for you. Next week, we are going to move on from vampires. Yeah. Take a little we're break. It's going to hit, hit a real world scenario. Um, that's so, Something that's based off real world. That's why I say that. Yep. We're going to review Gran Turismo from 2023. Came out this year, by the way. Uh, Look so, at us. We're current. Uh, yeah. We're going to jump into something current. It came out in the summer. We didn't have time in the summer. Well, we won't. We won't broadcast into the summer. So we're coming back to Gran Turismo. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can follow us on social media. We're Geeks and Niche everywhere. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. And you get this podcast wherever you get your podcast. Google, Podbean, Apple, Spotify. We're everywhere. So please leave us a five-star review and tell your geeky friends. Good journey. Good journey.